Welcome to the Social Siren Podcast and get ready to talk about business, marketing, and how to juggle it all alongside the roller coaster of life. You'll learn from us what works, what doesn't, and how to bridge the gap between success, frustrations, family life, and business ownership. If you've got a business or just thinking about one, we've got some interesting things to talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Social Siren Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Reedy, business owner, social strategist, marketer, and mom. And I'm here to share the ups, the downs, and the hard lessons of business ownership with you. Now, if you've been overwhelmed with the daunting task that is creating a never-ending flow of content for your business to feed your social media channels, your website, your blog, and all of the places where you're expected to be and provide valuable content for your clients or customers, this episode is going to be exactly what you need. I have with me today, Jen Liddy. Jen left her high school teaching career to avoid a life doomed by grading crappy ninth grade essays. And in 2013, she made the terrifying leap that we've all made into entrepreneurship. Like many of us, she had to learn everything the hard way. Now, as a content creation specialist, Jen helps personal brands get out of the content chaos with strategies that simplify and actually make creating that content fun. So buckle in and let's learn from Jen Liddy. So Jen, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm really excited to have you. My listeners are going to have so much interest in what you have to offer. And I love the wonderful things you're doing for businesses who are struggling with the constant treadmill of content creation. So, but before we dive into our topic, why don't you tell me a little more about you and how you got here? I was a high school English teacher and then a college professor. And I got to the end of a semester one year and I was banging my head against the wall because they still didn't get thesis statements at the end of the semester. And I was like, they don't care. Like they don't care about learning how to communicate. And I can't be up here tap dancing anymore. I just couldn't do it. Even though I loved teaching, I just couldn't do it. So I had burned out. And I had the opportunity to start a brick and mortar fitness studio with a friend who had a fitness business. And I wound up taking the behind the scenes of the operations. I mean, I was not a business person. So I learned everything about operations and communications kind of from the inside. And eventually that business, we closed that business down after you know working 70 hours a week and learning all of the mistakes. And then I decided I really wanted to help just women, creative entrepreneurs who kind of couldn't get out of their own way to grow their business without bumping into every single brick wall I had. So I just kind of opened my own thing and did my own thing. And the more I worked with women who were business owners, the more I realized like my zone or my lane was words and ideas and organization. And ultimately that was content. And in 2020, I really leaned into just doing content creation because it just flummoxes people. Also, it's been made to be very complicated out there in the wild. Like it's supposed to be easy. You should just do this thing that nobody's ever taught you how to do. But when people teach it, they make it overly complicated and very heavy. So I just I was like, I'm going to take my teaching skills and take my nerdy, wordy kind of skills and smash them together 
create a business just around content creation. I love how you swung back to really similar to where you started with the English too. And there is no better place to learn the struggles of content creation than on the back end where you were. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's kind of two kinds of entrepreneurs in the world. When you're a service provider, you're like, I've been where you are. I've been through hell and back. I know how you feel. And I figured it out or the, I'm just really good at this. And I figured it out. And so I'm the latter when it comes to content creation. So I kept meeting people. They were just in the inner circles of hell trying to find their voice and say the things. And I could always see it very clearly just seemed like a really natural thing to lean into. So I kind of say now I have an online classroom where people actually want to learn how to communicate. Very different from, you know, standing up in front of a classroom of 20, 20 year olds who are just not interested in being there. They say people who pay, pay attention, but that doesn't seem to always apply to college students, <laughs> does it? So true. Right. That's so true. Let's talk about that content struggle because it is a struggle for a lot of business owners. I write content every day and I even occasionally find myself staring at a blank screen with nothing in my brain. So right. let's talk about it. Okay. Blinking cursor syndrome is what I call that. You're just oh, staring. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You're just staring. You're like, I know I'm supposed to say something. I have to post something. And I want to just preface our entire conversation by saying when I'm talking content creation, I'm really talking about any platform that you choose to be on that works for you because people sometimes think content creation equals social media. And I like to set the stage right away that social media is a tool we use to share our voice and our message and our content, but it is not the only content platform. So whatever I'm talking about today, if you love Instagram and you want to be on Instagram, that's where you should be. But if you're like, I have an email list or I have a podcast or I have a YouTube channel, or I really love TikTok, everything that we'll talk about today is very applicable to any platform. And the other thing I like to say is you don't have to be on every platform. In fact, mm -hmm. it can hurt you if you are, because you're going to feel really out of capacity quickly. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree. You don't have to be everywhere to be doing a good job with your marketing. We can probably start with one of the big things that people have about content creation, which is I either have all the ideas or I have none of the ideas. But even if you have a ton of ideas spinning it's around, just... it's hard to get it from idea to action to an actual that... piece of content. I almost, I, I will say that the blinking, so I call them the, the, the people who have all of the ideas, the deluge of ideas, I call them waterfall creators. And then the people who have no ideas or they think they have no ideas, I call them empty wellers. Like everything is an empty well. I don't know what to say. I don't have anything to say. Now, the, the empty wellers are often jealous of the waterfall creators because they're like, I just wish I had ideas. But the waterfall creators are also really struggling with their content creation because they're like, I have so many ideas. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to say. I don't know which one to say. So sometimes they'll like, say everything and it can't resonate with their audience. Their audience can't absorb it. They're kind of in a paralysis because they have too many ideas where the empty wellers are in a different kind of paralysis because they're just like, I don't know. I don't really have anything to say, or it's already been said by somebody with a bigger mm -hmm. audience than me or 
who's more famous than me or, or who said it better, right? So both of these types of creators are incredibly frustrated with content creation. So if either one of these sounds like you, you are not alone. That is most of the people, like basically you fall into one camp or the other camp. So I like yeah. to talk about how to harness those ideas. Absolutely. And what I see as a big struggle for those waterfall creators is sticking to a marketing strategy. It's very hard for people like that to have a consistent voice, consistent strategy that really aims toward their business goals because they're kind of on this speedway of always throwing content out rather than sitting down and being intentional about that content. That's so perfect. I have a client who we were just talking about this the other day. And she's like, I used to just throw spaghetti against the wall. I'm like, you don't know. It was spaghetti and linguine and fettuccine and probably some bow ties in there too. Like it was all the things being thrown against the wall just because she would get bored and her ideas were way more fun than any kind of implementation was for her. Yeah, absolutely. So both sides have very unique struggles and there's no reason for envy. I've been, I'm both, honestly, (laughs) depending on the day. So what should people do if they're in one of these categories? (laughs) Let's start with the uh, empty wellers because they believe they have nothing to say and they'll sit there like watching the, the Google doc or the word doc, just blink at them with like blinking cursor syndrome. I just, I just, I don't have any ideas. So let's talk about where you get ideas. First of all, all around you every single day, people who are your ideal audience members, ideal clients, ideal buyers, they are complaining about their problem. And it's usually the problem that you solve, but you are so mired down in it that you, you to you, when they, when they complain about this, it's like breathing to you. You're like, yep, of course. Yep. Of course. So you don't see it as a content mm-hmm. pos- potential or a content idea. And so for empty wellers, what I suggest is notice what people are talking about. First of all, you could be in a Facebook group, you could be at, you know, you could be in real life at a networking event or a mom's get together with your friends and and they're complaining or they're saying what they want. They might not even be complaining. They might be talking about the solution that they're looking for, the experience they want to have. But you're not registering it as, oh, I could talk about this in my content because it's also normalized to you. So wherever you are, start to notice three things, what people are doing when they complain about this thing, their problem, their pain, like what words are they using? Remember, they have not really heard it back from somebody else. They're just saying it. So when you in your marketing start to say it back to them and mirror it to them, then they can start to pay attention to your content. So notice their pains or their struggles, notice their desires. What do they say that they want instead of the pain or the struggle? And the third thing is, what do they talk about is important to them in terms of how they get there? If you are a dietitian, for example, and you know that people can get healthy by eating all kinds of food, not just being on a gluten-free diet or a sugar-free diet or a keto diet or doing intermittent fasting, but you really have a holistic approach. Listen for people talking about the solution that you particularly offer. So all I want to say to empty wellers is ideas are around you every single day. You just have to start plugging in to notice them and then start talking about them in your content one at a time. 
Yes. I love that so much. Another thing I've really noticed about empty wellers is they often let their expertise and their wealth of knowledge harm them. Like, don't forget that your, well, no, duh, is someone else's big aha. They don't know this stuff. They don't do it every day. They're not in your business. So if you're sharing the simple things, what seems simple to you, it's not for someone else. That is so dead on. And the way that I say it to my clients is you as an expert, see people's pain point and in your brain, you zip down the road about every single thing that needs to happen so they can get their solution. But when you meet people, they're either like, I don't even know I have a problem, or I didn't even know this solution was an option, or I didn't even know people were talking about this out there. You have to meet your audience. And this is true for both empty wellers and the idea people, the waterfall people, meet your audience where they are. You know, Mm -hmm. don't offer them something that's so far down the line that it goes over their head or they're confused. So that is such a great point. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. And it's so easy to forget that you have a lot of knowledge that everyone else doesn't have. Yeah. Like picture you or I approaching a plumber and he tries to tell us (laughs) these complicated things about his job or what we need for our homes. We have no idea. It's not what we do every day, but to him, that's his every day. Yeah. And I wish people would give themselves more credit for, first of all, knowing that they have a lot more knowledge and that their audience needs a lot less information than you think that they do, mm-hmm. especially at Absolutely. the beginning. What they really need is for you to name it for them. The way I describe this is like when my son was very little, I would have to like name things like, oh, you're feeling frustrated. Oh, you're really sad that I'm leaving. Now he's, now he's 15 and he's really happy when I leave the house. But like, I would have to say, (laughs) oh, you're, you're really sad that I'm leaving. And just like mirroring it back to him gave him, it was like, I acknowledged him. I saw him. I gave him the words for it. That's often what we're doing, especially when somebody's meeting us at the beginning of their journey. Yeah. And what a way to build trust and emotionally connect with your audience than just sharing their struggle and labeling it for them. Yes. I think another mistake creators make, and this is both true for empty well creators and uh, waterfall creators, is they try to solve the problem for their audience in every single piece of content. This is especially true for waterfall content creators who are like, I have all the ideas and I have all the solutions and I'm going to tell you about it. And here's the step-by-step thing that you need to have. Mm. And for waterfall idea people, they're like, I don't really want to sit down and create because it's going to take me five hours to write one blog or record this one video. And I have so much to say, and they try to say it all. And it is overwhelming for them to create. So of course they put it off. The second thing that happens to waterfall people is once they put a huge piece of content out there, their audience, like they can't absorb it. Their audience is kind of at capacity and then they get no return on their time or energy investment. So they're like, why the heck am I doing this? This is such a waste of time. So one of the things I like to suggest for waterfall creators is you do not have to say everything in a content piece. In fact, you can take one content piece and break it up into four, five, six smaller pieces, even if it's a blog, even if it's a longer form video, you got to know your audience. What kind of capacity does your audience have? You know, I've heard from people, I know that there are podcasters out there who are 
somebody told me the other day they listened to a podcast. It was a three hour podcast. And I was like, I really don't know who who can commit to that, but you know, there are some podcasts I'll listen to that are an hour and I break them up over two or three walks a week, but I can't commit that kind of time to learning something just in the middle of the day. So you have to know your audience and what kind of capacity do they have? And once you start saying, I have all of the ideas, but I can't give you all of the ideas right now. And you chop them up in a way that really makes sense for people. Your audience is grateful. Like they've like, they're, I call this fish food versus fire hosing. Like, okay, you're going to, you got a little piece of fish food. You're going to, your audience is going to go take it, absorb it, digest it, come back for more when they're ready. And that's a way for you to four, five, six. And honestly, with my waterfall creators, sometimes 10 X one idea into like 10 different pieces of content. Yes, that's so true. And if you let your audience know that this is just a piece and there's more to come, you keep them coming back too. You give them a reason to return to you. If you teach them everything with a fire hose right off the bat, they don't need to come back. Yeah. One of the things I'd really like to say about the teaching your audience, everything often creators, one of their struggles is they give away a lot of how to's and I'm not opposed to how to's because it's not like you don't want to be generous, but when we fall back on how to's in every piece of content, first of all, it trains our audience that to think that, oh, she's going to give it to me for free. That's a little bit of what I'm saying, but more of what I'm saying is your audience is not, if they could have done it themselves, they would have done it themselves, right? Like they have YouTube, they have Pinterest, we have Google. Like if we could do it ourselves, we would. Mostly they need to be seen to move along their journey. And so when we give them all the how-tos, they'll save it for later maybe. Oh, that's good, I'll go back to that. But they never actually do go back to that, which means their problem never gets solved. And that is a big pain point for people who are service-based or even product-based people. Like you want people to have their problem solved. So if you're Mm -hmm. offering a lot of how-tos and they're not taking action on it, which they can't because they're generally at capacity or they need assistance or they need their hands held. So those are the the reasons why we wanna start really being more intentional with our content, regardless of what kind of creator you are. Ideas are all around us, first of all. Second of all, we have to parse them out to our audience. And then the third most important thing is like, motivating people and inviting them to take some kind of action, which is like, maybe think about this one thing this week, or, you know, consider this, or here's one little nugget for you rather than deluging them with everything at the, at one time. One of the things that I have a a coaching client in mind, a, a business that I'm coaching, and she just is hitting all of the check marks of this is what I told her is literally write down your marketing goal what are you looking to get out of this content and plaster it on your wall where you're doing content creation. Mm. And when all of these ideas are spinning, look up at that goal. Does this align with what I want to be doing? If it doesn't ditch it. So true. That is a place that most people don't start. They start by thinking about what am I going to post on Instagram versus what do I want my marketing to do for my business? So if you want your marketing to convert people to a program that you have, your marketing is going to be very different than if you want people to become aware of your brand or grow your audience. It's a very different goal and not many people start there. Right. It's so true. I would say the vast majority are not thinking about their goals at all when they do 
their everyday content creation, but it's so important. They're asking, what should I say? Which is important. What should I say? It's important, but not before why am I saying it? Mm -hmm. That's a really important question. And if you start with a marketing goal, you have your target audience outlined, you have your goals, you have what you want to accomplish. It's a lot easier to answer the, what do I want to say question? Because you've got it all right there in front of you. And then you're not waking up going, oh my God, what am I going to put out there today? Or going to bed going, I never sent that email today to my list. You don't have a plan. And, And I think for marketing most people are not marketers, right? Like they're mm-hmm. entrepreneurs who are marketing themselves. And suddenly they've been thrown into this arena where they have to become marketing experts. And it, it feels really hard. So yeah, it is. Yeah. So one of the ways to make it less hard is to take your ideas, know why you're putting your stuff out there, have the plan and work the plan. What would you say to the person creating content who has so much fear and imposter syndrome in regards to their content, that they're just never getting it done because they have this wall in front of them. There's a lot of reasons to have the wall in front of you. Sometimes it's perfectionism, like my brand isn't as polished, or I'm not a good writer, or somebody's already saying it. Like there's so many worries that we have. Of course, there's the worry of like, oh God, somebody is going to be judging me. Uh, Somebody's going to roll their eyes at me, or maybe I'm going to irritate somebody with this or bother somebody with there's so many things but I think the best reason I can say to put your stuff out there is this is a very short story but it makes the point and through my entire 40s I did not sleep through the night I didn't know it at the time but I was in perimenopause and so I would wake up at like 1 27 a.m. I would wake up drenched with sweat. I couldn't get back to sleep. I was exhausted all the time and my brain was in complete fog. My doctor kind of shrugged at me, my gynecologist. She's like, well, you're in your forties. I was like, nobody could help me. Right. So I figure out a couple of things, but I still can't get this sleep piece down. And randomly a client of mine suggested something called bioidentical hormones, which are like these little pellets that are kind of made to your biochemistry and they're inserted into underneath your skin. And they, they like kind of over the course of three or four months, regulate your, your hormones all based on blood work, et cetera. It's done by a real doctor and everything. So I went to talk to this woman who's a doctor and she like literally names all of my problems back at me. And then she tells me all of the things that are going to change when I have this insertion done. And I was like, where have you been for eight years? Like, why have I been suffering? Do, why don't you market yourself? I could have had relief eight years ago. And she's like, well, you know, we just don't really have marketing. We have a girl who does our Facebook page, but like, we really just don't market. And I was like, you could have changed my, the last eight years of my life. If you had shared this brilliant thing with me, I mean, I had, I didn't even have the words for it at that point. I didn't Mm -hmm. even know that existed. So all I can say is regardless of like why you feel that marketing is so impossible for you, or you feel really shy, or you feel like an imposter, there is someone out there who needs what you have in the exact way that you have it in the exact way that you say it with your very special like you-ness on it that is waiting for what you have. I swear there is somebody out there who needs what you have. 
It's so true. I have goosebumps, <laughs> but it's true that your people are out there. And if your big fear is someone who's not going to love what you've got, they're not your people and that's okay. Yeah. I think marketers say that a lot and I say it all the time too, but I just think people, it's a very hard thing to overcome because it's go, it's up there with that old adage of like, what other people think of me is none of my business. Like, yeah, yeah, I know, but I still care about what other yeah, people think of me, right? It, whatever's going to motivate you, is it really helping people to motivate you? Then that's what's going to make you press publish on whatever the thing is. The other thing that really is true is no matter whether you put out the most perfect content or the best content, there's just going to be, be people who like aren't interested and aren't, it's not for them. And so I find it really helpful to, for people to think about that person in their life who they know is perfect for them. And when they're writing mm. or speaking to video, they create for that person in mind going, God, Michelle really needs to hear what I have to say, right? Like that's, that's who I'm writing for. Or Sarah, she really needs to hear this. And that can be very inspiring for those creators who have trouble, you know, like flipping the switch and getting it out there. I see that so often though, is people, they're just afraid to start. Yeah. And once you take that first step, it's so much easier. It's just the first step. that's hard. Just rip off the bandaid. <laughs> so I had left the brick and mortar fitness studio that I told you about at the beginning. And I had kind of been floundering for about a half a year, like doing it word of mouth. And then I knew on August 1st, 2017, I needed to have a real presence and I started a Facebook page for this business, for my business. And I didn't think I was on Instagram yet. I literally just kind of did the Facebook thing and it was scary. I was like, oh my God, what are all our clients going to say? What are my former partners going to say? What, are, what is my family going to say? They're going to roll their eyes and they're going to be like, oh my God, she's starting another business. Give me a freaking break. And <laughs> it was so scary. And I really remember that. But I think about August 1st, 2017 a lot, because if I didn't do it on August 21st, 2017, I would just be that much further behind on my journey than where I am now, five years later. It's just like your journey does not start until you start telling people you have a business. I love that you know the exact date. That's so <laughs> sweet. It was a very, very big deal. It was, which is funny because I had already been in business, but that was a fitness studio versus me being my personal business. It was mm -hmm. a different thing. Is there any other advice you have for people struggling to create content for their business? Yes. It does not happen because you have time. It literally only happens because you make time and it will be the most annoying thing on your calendar, but if you, like, I regard the time that I create my marketing, I, it's kind of, it's like non-negotiable to me. I consider it an appointment with myself that I can't break, like my hair coloring appointment. If I miss my hair coloring appointment, I can't get back into my girl until like six weeks later, cause she's booked out. Oh, so no. I, there's just like things I don't cheat on, on myself. That's one of them. Marketing is a non-negotiable part of our business, whether you do it on social media, or you're a speaker, or you're a networker, like really, we're all marketing ourselves in different ways. And unless you make the time, and you train yourself to like, it's okay to be uncomfortable, it's okay to not have it be perfect. But you put the hour in or the two hours in and you're actually getting something done versus that kind of BS kind of 
creation where you're like, oh, I'll do something today. And then you don't show up again tomorrow. That's just not getting you any traction. So if you want traction, it just takes commitment. It's like anything else. Yes. It's so true. Well, this has been fantastic, Jen. Thank you so much for offering your expertise on content creation. If anyone wants to learn more about you or get in contact with you, where can they find you? You will find me most directly on Instagram at Jen Liddy Coach. I'm a one end Jen, so Jen Liddy Coach. You can also find me, my website has a lot of resources. If you go to jenliddy.com, right up top, you'll see a planner, a customized content planner. And that actually is an incredibly helpful tool, whether you are an empty well creator or a waterfall creator. And it gives you tons of examples of how to create content and plan it in a realistic way versus like those you know, those crappy freebie calendars that you download. And it's like day, day one, put, put a behind the scenes out there. Day two, bust a myth in your industry. Like those don't help you with like strategy. It's more of a strategic content planner. So that's what that awesome. does. That's really yeah. cool. So it's Liddy L I D D Y. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that. Yep. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jessica. Thank you so much to Jen for walking us through her content creation. For many of the businesses I work with, and sometimes even for myself, content creation can seem like this never ending chore, but breaking it down, having a plan and referring regularly to that marketing plan as the foundation of your content creation can make a huge difference. I hope that you got some great tips from Jen and I today and are ready to tackle your content creation in a real and effective way. Now, if you want to learn more about myself or Social Siren, you can reach me on Instagram at Social Siren Marketing or visit my website, socialsirenmarketing.com. Feel free to pop in with questions or future podcast episode topics. I would be happy to cater this content to what you need as a listener and as a business owner. And once again, thanks for hanging out with me today. Thanks for joining us on the Social Siren Podcast. For more information on guests, transcripts, and everything about Social Siren, go to socialsirenmarketing.com slash podcast. Remember to subscribe because this podcast may just change your life.